everyone and welcome to another episode of the Jazz Transcription Clinic live. Uh, today, as you heard, we are approaching the core and the essence of bebop language. And this is a solo that I transcribed a long time ago. Uh, I always loved Cannibal Adderley, he is the soloist here. And I thought I always thought that this solo was incredible for the flow of ideas and uh, the articulation, the bebop articulation. So I would like to share with you uh, the content of, of this solo. It's coming from an album, it's a collection actually uh, published by MSC called Sophisticated Swing and uh, it includes five albums that the Cannonball and Nat Adderley Quintet recorded for MSC label. And this particular track is called Hoping John. It's not the one that was published on the recording, but is actually the alternate take. And I decided to uh, transcribe this one um, because I, I thought uh, there are more interesting things uh, to be said about cannonball playing. But without any further ado, uh, let's dive into cannonball solo on Hopin John. Uh, a little premise is that Hopin John is a traditional dish from uh, the southern of United States and is made out of rice and um, black beans, black eyed beans with the addition of um, smoked pork. So this is the recipe, the recipe if you're interested. <clears throat> Black-eyed peas and uh, rice. So there is a little bit of history of Hopin John and of course the title is related um, to the fact that probably the Adderley brothers or all the musicians coming from uh, that region were uh, uh, liking this, this dish a lot and they uh, thought that it was a great idea to dedicate a blues to this uh, delicious recipe. Um, so the melody is, of course, based on a riff, on a blues, on the blues scale. There is the F natural. I'm talking in E flat here, so we, we can relate to what is on the screen. Uh, so a lot of uh, F natural, which is the flat three. So in the blues scale of D, as we are in concert F blues, so D for E flat. And um, um, there's no much that we can say on the melody. There is this repeat, repeated riff. I love the resolution on the <coughs> sharp 11. Uh, which is the other blue note together with the F natural and then they split the melody Nat Adderley with the cornet is playing the top and Cannonball is playing the bottom uh, 
as you probably would suspect, I used to slow down uh, this track using Sound Slice. This web platform is called Sound Slice, where you can actually type all the notes in and synchronize with the music. Uh, so I can, for example, select a portion if I'm not sure of what the harmonization is and slow it down here to 50%. <laughs> Actually, now that I that I listen to a slow down tempo, I think Cannibal is playing the top. Yeah. So Cannibal is playing the top, and uh, Nat Adderley is playing the bottom. And then at the end of the second head, uh, they start a new chorus, which is the first chorus of improvisation taken by Cannibal Adderley, but they play this little riff again in the first four bars, which I call interlude because it will happen also at the end of Cannibal solo to launch Nat Adderley solo. You can see here, this is the interlude again, which is played here. So let me go back to... Uh, 100% and they land on a B flat so again the flat 3 over G7 and then Cannibal starts this beautiful beautiful um, sheets of sound and, and uh, beautiful phrases using the whole range of the alto saxophone with a, an, an extremely precise uh, bebop articulation. So, as you can see, he's playing a lot of chromatices here, these three notes. This is an enclosure. I will probably make a whole uh, podcast episode on the use of enclosure. But basically, uh, very briefly, is when you have a target note, in this case the A, which is the fifth of D7, and before you play the A, you enclose the target note with the semitone up and the semitone down. Uh, this is just one of the possible enclosures. You can have three notes, four notes enclosures, and it's a typical technique of the bebop language. Uh, and so I'll, I'll play this line again because this is also an enclosure to a G and to F sharp. And then there is another enclosure to E here. So I'll, I'll point out. But what I like in this first phrase, for example, is how he's able to um, highlight the harmony uh, and using a lot of the chromaticism and enclosures typically um, of the bebop language. Hmm? Let's play a little bit slower this line. And I also like the resolution. 
So this is like a bebop scale descending from A, but he's going from here, is going up chromatically and then descending chromatically to the same point. You see, from F sharp to F sharp is chromatically going up and down. Right? So that's the beauty of chromaticism inside the bebop language, that you can connect intervals and nodes using all the chromatic nodes and touching some uh, weird tones in relation to the harmony, like B flat, which is the flat nine, or even worse, I flat or G sharp, which is the major seventh over a dominant chord, but it's a part of the bebop scale descending. And then to resolve on a simple D major seven arpeggio resolving on the sixth, right? And then he leaves the last bar of the chorus out. So the first chorus again. And another thing I like is that he starts the solo on bar six of the uh, first chorus and basically play one long time one long phrase uh, till the end of bar 11. And then it starts the second chorus. Again, a big chromaticism. And then look at this, at those three notes. That's another enclosure, same as we found before here, target note is A and he plays semitone up, semitone down and target note hmm? here. And then he keeps going. Just take a note of this line is we are going to see it again. Again, it's a chromaticism from A to F. This is, this is guys, uh, an enclosure of four notes. So the target note is G, and he is playing one tone down, a semitone down, one tone up, a semitone up and target. This is another typical enclosure of four notes. You will see a lot of Charlie Parker uh, phrasing using the four notes with this format enclosure. So another beautiful line and this is again the enclosure B flat G sharp A. So you can see there is here there is up here. So this is quite clearly embedded in cannonball fingers, right? That, that enclosure. 
Here we have another enclosure, typical enclosure of four nodes. On the core B7, you start a note down, so B is the target node, a tone down, a semitone up, again a tone down, and a semitone down to reach the target. That's another very typical enclosure with four nodes. And again, from bar four this time, he starts a phrase right to the end of the chorus. And of course, the speed, the actual speed, is very fast, so you don't need a massive breath. Uh, to even blow one full chorus, but how precise he plays and how beautifully is timed each phrase is deposited over the beat. Uh, it's always a joy to, to listen to. So I tried to be as precise as I could with the articulation. Um, it is interesting that these lines are almost all slurred, but then there are the accents, and then again an accent and a big slur, and then it goes back to the swing articulation, very bebopish. <laughs> And then he enters into the third chorus. Now, the third chorus and the fourth chorus have a different chord progression. Maybe you already heard. Um, but in the, in the, from the third chorus on, they uh, use the bird blues form. So with D7 and then this long, big cadence to G. So like sharp four, seven, three, six, two, five, one, resolving into G. And it's it's so beautiful how Cannonball just switches from the normal blues of playing, you know, one, four, one, one into outlining precisely the chord progression progression look at here the second bar c sharp minor 7 f sharp 7 and he plays a descending c sharp minor arpeggio and then a phrase in f sharp 7 and again an enclosure resolving to b because we are in b minor then chromatics from the 7 of e7 and going down back to a minor d7 and enclosure resolving on g on the first uh, bar of G, so the fifth bar of the form. So I'll, I'll play slower from here and you can appreciate how he switches outlining the different chord changes. <laughs> This time he plays one whole chorus from bar 1 to bar 12, right to the end, ending with those two beautiful A's, which is the dominant 
um, of um, oh, that's that's a wrong chord. It's the dominant of uh, D, which is our key. Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, what is it? Let me change it to A7. Uh, done. All right. Now I like it more. Um, so let, let's listen again at full speed. And of course, guys, I, I had to slow it down to, to make sure that I was catching all the notes and all the nuances. And with Sound Slice, you can do it pretty well, uh, even to like 40% if you want. You can use also the speed to practice. I will make uh, another video on how to practice solos like this one. Hmm? And then the four chords again, he uses uh, and the band uses the uh, bird blues changes and he plays another complete chorus with one phrase. Beautiful. <laughs> And then, as I said, they go into the interlude. So, can you hear and can you also see that here he is again outlining uh, beautifully all the chords, and there are those um, chromatic passages. This is a whole chromatic scale. Hmm? I lied, there is a whole tone here. So, the chromatic scale ends here. Uh, so he needed to skip one note to land on, on D in that part. Uh, and then again, a chromatic scale descending. You see this one. And now, this line, it was played in the chorus before. But this is what always strikes me, you know, about when you transcribe those great players, that they are able to play the same ideas, but then look at the continuation. It's totally different from here. Right? So they have those patterns, leaks, whatever you want to call them, in their fingers for so much practice that they have done but then they can modify they, they can change the way out to the pattern or the approach because again this is approached from a chromatic scale 
And here is da ba do do da di da di da 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 da. So similar but not the same. And makes the sound of the phrases really different and fresh every time you hear that. You hear those lines. Ba ba. Even this one. Da ba da ba da ba da ba da bi da ba da. Ba ba da ba da ba di do da 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 da. You can see. This one, and then this one, it's completely the same. The first and the resolution, but then it changes. Hmm? So that's probably suggest a good way to practice patterns. Practice a pattern so that you can pick it up in no time, everywhere, and from everywhere you are playing, you can throw in that pattern, and then you can. Uh, go out from the pattern in whatever way you like. So the pattern is there, and you can use it. But you can approach it from, you know, different ideas, and you can use some of the previous ideas to continue after that pattern uh, in a logical way,、uh, depending on what you just played before. Um, so I hope, guys, you enjoyed this solo, and I will play the whole track again from、uh, start to the end.、Uh, as you know,、um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or follow me on all the podcast platforms.、Uh, this solo will be available on my website、uh, www.mirkoguerrini.com. There is a section called transcriptions. I will appreciate if you、uh, want to download a PDF or the previous PDFs.、Um, I would appreciate if you can donate、uh, a small buck. I will really thank you、uh, for that. And I hope, guys, you enjoy as much as I did. And I will see you next time. Let's say hello with Cannibal Adderley on Hoping John. Bye, everyone.